Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. We're just jumping right in. And this episode is called A Cool Desert Morning, which is, I'm just going to say it. Dateline, you know how I feel about you. So when I say these things, it is a criticism, but it comes with so much love. Your titles are sometimes amazing and sometimes the pits. And this to me... It says nothing about what the episode is about. My God, this is brutal. I will, months from now, not remember that this is that episode because that ti- this title does nothing. Why don't we, instead of just criticizing, offer a solution? You have our email. Some of us like to do titles. If you'd like to reach out, we do it for free. Oh, so you're saying, to, you're saying Susan Nall... Liz yeah. Cole, David Corvo, our friends at Dateline, yes. Mankey, email us. Instead of, I'm trying not to, instead of just saying this was bad, we're saying we have a fix. Right. Okay. Please reach out. The reason it is bothers me is because there have been several episodes in the past couple of years mm-hmm. with a person's name in it mm-hmm. where the family was as dedicated to getting justice. And those were called like justice for so-and-so. Or Kaylee. Lauren's promise. Yes. And and you feel like we could have had Very easily, something... justice for Susan. Yeah. The fight for Susan. Yeah. Sonic for Susan. Oh, yeah. So, but the episode was amazing. Mank is amazing as always. The family is amazing. And he has nothing to do with the titles. He has told us he has nothing to do with the titles. No. And I believe him because he's so quippy. So Did- I know he could do better. Does it help if we carry on the Neil Diamond from last time and I do cool desert morn (laughs) instead of September morn? Does that help everyone? It does. I have not seen a lot of comments about the Neil Diamond portion of our podcast, which was so long and I tried to cut it down. I couldn't (laughs) cut it down that much. Isn't it mostly at the end? The bloopers? It was. No, it's both. I don't even know. I just remember when I, by the time I got to editing the end, I threw up my hands. <laughs> and I was just like, it's just, I guess it all stays. I don't know. So I just remember you being so vehement that you don't know a lot of Neil Diamond. And then within two minutes, you're like, actually, say, I know so many Neil Diamond Let me songs. say what happened there. I was so self-conscious because I felt like Neil Diamond fans were going to be like, oh, she doesn't know right. it well enough. And I was like, right. no, I do. Yeah. But I do. But I really got self-conscious for a second. Anyways, that has nothing to do with Cool Desert Morn. So <laughs> what happens in Cool Desert Morning? When okay. is it? It is season 31, episode 4, October 7th, Josh Mankey, which this means we've had a Mankisode two out of four episodes this season, a Keithisode two out of the other two out of four. Where is Andrea... Where is Dennis. Dennis? We get a Dennis in this episode, kind of, but it's not our Dennis. It's not Dennis right. is enough Dennis. This Dennis is sorely lacking. Yeah. So Lester opens the episode by saying, a puzzle for investigators and you to solve. And I screamed, what? Are we finally getting to become detectives? It's time. Is this the call? Have we gotten the call? The call is coming from inside the dateline. It's time. It's a puzzle for us to solve. Yeah. But not really. They're doing it for us. But yeah, I, really. There's some puzzling stuff still that we can discuss. Okay. It, but it wasn't like one of those episodes where we don't know what happened. 
or maybe it is. I don't want to speak kind for you. of. I um, don't know. This is an interesting episode, and I have to preface by saying that this is definitely, obviously, still various thoughts on it. We are going from the Dateline point of view of the family, of one yes. side of the family. Not yes. the other side of the family, which if they had their Dateline, I'm sure it would be very different. So different. But they chose not to be on Dateline, which they was did. their choice. Sure. Also, trigger warning, this whole episode, suicide. Can I say yes. that word many times? Absolutely. So this might not be the episode for you. Also, if you don't think that there are things to be funny about a Dateline episode, this is not the podcast for you. And that's okay. We're not for everybody. We're also not making fun of the actual crimes. No, never. At all. Okay. So we start with the some of the saddest parents we've ever seen, and we've seen a lot of sad parents. I was worried we wouldn't do it. I know. When I saw the first 30 seconds, I was like, we're not doing this episode. <laughs> I it know. was so sad. But the dad is super feisty, and he's an older gentleman, and he's wearing a red windbreaker that kind of looks like a red cardigan like Mr. Rogers. And but then he says things like son of a bee. <laughs> like yeah, he's, he's also very not funny. fond of cameras. No. He but doesn't look at the – he doesn't – he barely looks at Josh and he doesn't look any – he turns his – we see him in profile the entire time. We do not see him dead on because he's facing away from the cameras almost. Maybe like, that was the setup. He oh, might have been on Zoom. I don't think – I don't think he's a fan. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's a fan. He's very gruff but in a funny way. Like I found him delightful. He's a full dad and I love that. Yeah. It. So we are in Henderson, Nevada and Brent Dennis is a psychologist – and Susan Winters is an attorney, and they have two daughters. And I immediately thought that would be hard to have parents that are a psychologist and a lawyer. Oh, yeah. That's rough. You had a friend who had two psychologist parents. I do. And I do still have that friend. Yes, very much so. And a lawyer. You couldn't get away with anything. Anytime you tried to sneak out of the house or were upset about a boy, they would psychoanalyze you and interrogate you. They're just too educated. You need one parent <laughs> that didn't make it through college or didn't go or just yeah. didn't go. Maybe didn't finish high school. You need a balance here. <laughs> you need a balance. You can't have this is too much higher education. No. Yeah. It's too much. So in 2015, Brent calls 911 and said his wife isn't breathing. And he's so upset on the call, he can't seem to even remember his phone number. And he also does that thing that the dad in one of my favorite episodes, Secrets in Pleasant Grove, did where he sounded so annoyed with the 911 call. Do you remember when she's like, can you do nine? Can you do CPR? And he goes, I'm doing it. Oh, yes. I will never forget. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Oh, gosh. God. Jeez. It's so Will Ferrell that it's he's so angry. Did he do it? Did he do the deed? Yes. Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. He, did he the for deed. sure did it. He okay. did worse things. I mean, not worse than murder, but he did really. He one of their adopted daughters was from Russia, I think. And he sent her <gasps> yes. back. Oh, Stole yes. her passport oh. and ID for his mistress. Oh, I he's forgot. a horrible I forgot. person. Yeah, he's a If horrible. you haven't listened to that episode, that's an that's. Just truly the sisters there are like warrior princesses. They're so good. So, but this guy that he says, are you with your wife right now? And he goes, yeah, but she's unconscious. Duh. Look, 911 is the people calling the services. You, you want to be nice you to be, them. Well, you can be panicked, but you can't be visibly, like audibly annoyed. Yeah. Uh, their questions are dumb. They mm -hmm. have to ask those questions. Higher so, education. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Susan recently had been depressed. She had threatened to kill herself in the past. 
paramedics come, they're able to get a pulse. Susan's parents, meanwhile, the ones that we met that we love, uh, Avis and Danny are their names. Mm -hmm. They book a private plane to get there, which is super baller. And we will learn later how they got their money. But Brent calls them and says, we're at the hospital now. Don't come. Wait for a medical update. I don't want you to see her like this. Sure. Mm. She's on life support. We learned that Susan was the apple of her parents' eyes. Her brother, Chris, said she was competitive. She was an honor student, homecoming queen, basically perfect in every way. Mm -hmm. She fell in high school for Brent, the star football player, the big man on campus, which is one of my favorite expressions that Mank actually said. He was 18. She was 14. So she had a crush on him. Don't get upset. Nothing happened. But she did say, I'm going to marry that BMOC. And we're going to be together. But they went their separate ways. They never mm. dated. By early 90s, they're both divorced from different people. Susan's sister-in-law, Julie, plays detective slash stalker. She pretends to be on the school reunion committee and calls Brent's dad and says, we're planning a reunion. I need Brent's number. And I didn't feel like that was stalkery. What's wrong with me? I felt like that was a totally good friend. I would well, do that for is you. It, so I couldn't tell. Is it like a meet cute? Is it something Judy Greer would do in a rom-com? Yes. Or is it yes. something Judy Greer would do in Fatal Attraction? No, it's some No, it's a cute. It's something that you do when you're like, maybe it is meant to be. Let's just try. Let's just see if it works. Yeah. It's that kind of, it's that situation. Did work. Well, kind yeah. of. So Susan and Brent got married in 95. They had two daughters, Allie and Danny. They made really good money at their jobs. But on top of that, Susan's family, the Winters, owned more than 100 restaurants. Sorry, Winters or Witters? I thought it was Winters. Keep going. Should we look it up? Sorry, I thought I saw Witters in the thing because I heard Winter and then I heard Witter later and I thought I saw W-I-T-T-E-R-S. No, it's Winters. So what's funny about that is that for at least 65 minutes of this episode, I thought his name was Brett. Even though I had my subtitles on, I wrote Brett in all of my notes and had to autocorrect, find and replace. It's totally fine because I wrote Dennis. <laughs> That's his last name. Yeah. But I heard Dennis and I couldn't get over it because I miss Dennis. <laughs> I miss him so much. And so I wrote Dennis down. So we did really well. So the Winters own more than 100 restaurants, including dozens of Sonics. They own franchises. So yes. I want to know more about the 100 franchise, Like all kinds. Do they own Starbucks? Do they own Maybe just restaurant Subway? Chains? Could you eat Dutch solely Brothers? at their franchises and have a good well-balanced diet i also wrote should we do that question mark should <laughs> you and i be doing we that we have the money or the time to run a franchise but we could start slow with a small thing and then we don't even live in the same state this is why it would be brilliant we could just start in our respective states and then meet in the middle and maybe we <laughs> could own a hundred franchises and have a big fancy house like they have okay and a pool and boats I would love a boat. There we go. I would love just my van. All I really want is a van. Really, all you need is the van. So yeah. I feel like we could get there with several franchises, several 15 franchises. Okay. Think about it. Rude. So after 15 years of marriage, 
they separated and no one really knew why. Susan was depressed and, trigger warning again, she attempted suicide, but she stopped herself. Mm. She started therapy and medication. She really missed her old life. She missed being with the kids all the time because they had joint custody. She missed her husband. So they got back together. How long were they married before they got divorced? When did they get divorced? Well, separated. 15 years. That's a long time. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now, present tense, at the hospital, Susan is taken off life support and she passes away. Oh, my God. It's very sad. Now, we learn that Brent specializes in people in crisis as a psychotherapist. I'm not going to say anything because I'll get in trouble. So he tells the police they had been fighting the night before. She may have mixed her drinks with medication. She flew into a rage. Later, He also said they had been drinking all day. Yes. They... Hmm. Later, he found internet searches on how to kill yourself with antifreeze. And he confronts her and wants to talk to her about it, but she won't talk to him and she just goes to sleep. And then when he wakes up kind of very, very early in the morning, he calls 911 because she is unconscious. Brent shows the detectives the two bottles of antifreeze he found in the garage. An autopsy is done. It shows lethal amounts of antifreeze and oxycodone. Police closed the case as a suicide, but it wasn't closed to the family. Nope. So Susan's dad, Danny, says she was in such a good place. She had so many fun things for the year planned, like a ton of fun things. Her daughter was looking at colleges. They were going to Hawaii. She like had all the stuff she was looking forward to. They do talk about how happy she was and how she had all these upcoming plans, but depression can just come up out of nowhere, and yeah. it, you never really know what's going on inside someone's head. Yes. So a lot of times people say they never would because X, Y, and Z, and you never really know. Absolutely. Susan's family, the Winters, flew to Nevada, and they meet with Brent and the daughters. Mank says to them, I'm imagining he threw his arms around you and said she loved you so much, but that's just me making things up, isn't it? I would love more of a window into Mank's mind when he just makes things up. So they say, no, he didn't embrace us. He didn't, he wasn't nice to us at all. He told us that she was drunk and she was threatening to kill herself. And she said that she was going to hit herself in the head with a hammer and tell the police that Brent did it. And they don't believe a word he's saying. And the girls are saying she killed herself. And they're saying, no, don't say that. So you have two sides of the family now coming together. Brent and the daughters on one side and Susan's family on the other side. Mm-hmm. Five days later, Brent gives away all of Susan's things. And Susan's mom, Avis, yells, you just killed Susan's spirit. And Oof. Brent says, she's accusing me of murder. What? Which is not what she said, Brent. Brent, and let's that use our listening ears. That you <laughs> mouth closed, ears open. But... Isn't that what they say in preschool? But also, me thinks that you're protesting too much, and that is your subconscious speaking. It's a lot. That would be like if someone was like, oh my God, that show is so funny. That joke killed me. And he'd be like, I didn't kill my wife. Yeah. It's calm pretty, down. No calm one down. said that. No one said that, sir. So mom Avis says to Brent, I was just lashing out. I'm upset. And Brent says, healthy people don't lash out. Which is exactly the kind of annoying thing a psychotherapist would say. I would never want to see a psychologist that says stuff like that. What in the world? That's not a thing. Don't say that to your the grieving mother. 
of your wife. Also, I think it's fine to lash out and express your emotions if you're upset. I was going to say, I don't think that's true, especially not in grief. Yeah, don't hold it in. If he handles people in crisis, Mm -hmm. he should know that, that people grieving, all emotions are on the table. Mm -hmm. So Susan's mom tells Mank, well, I never said that he killed her. And Mank kind of smirks and says, but you thought it. And the mom goes, but I didn't say it. I really like her. I do like her very much. It's a really funny exchange because she's like really trying to defend that she didn't say it. And he had no reason to be upset. Mink's like, we know you thought it. Yeah. But you, but no, technically you did not say it. Yeah. And she's like, I never actually verbalized that, Mink. So the Winters go to the police and they ask a cop, you know, if a spouse dies, don't you usually suspect the living spouse? And the cop says, no, I've never heard of that. I'm worried about Vegas. I'm worried about Henderson cops. That might be the funniest thing I've ever heard on a dateline. Forget all of Mank's funny lines. Forget Dennis with the new head who dis. A cop saying he's never heard of suspecting the spouse first. What in the world? And the brother said, it's literally on every show on TV. Then the cop, I'm imagining, said, what is TV? I've never heard of that. No, seriously. He's like Memento. And he needs to look at tattoos and be like, you're a cop. Suspect the husband first. It's just such an obvious lie. Yeah. That it makes me nervous. It Mm -hmm. makes me concerned. Why are you lying about this? It's so dismissive to the family. Yeah. You could have very easily said... You're right. We do normally look at that. But the circumstances surrounding this case, which I can't get into with you right now, do not look like this was a homicide. Right. I mean, that's an answer. Mm -hmm. Don't say, no, I've never heard of that. But saying you never heard of that makes people more suspicious because it's like, well, why are you lying? Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes people might not have heard of really obvious things. Like our friend who didn't know that you're supposed to pinch someone if they're not wearing green on St. Patrick's Day. Why didn't she know that? Exactly. That makes me suspicious. I'm instantly suspicious. I need to call her. She said she had never heard of that. Fun times. Or sometimes you might not know about something because you live in a cave or have never heard our podcast. Those things are not the same. I'm not saying if you haven't listened to our podcast, you might as well be living in a cave. Yeah, boy, that's that's, not true at all. Who do we think we are? My favorite murderer? Yeah, wow. But there are other reasons to have not heard of Bombus. No, there aren't. There are no other reasons to have not heard of Bombus. And if you haven't heard of it, you're hearing it now. Welcome to the family. Yeah. Bombus's mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombus, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombus makes the clothes you want to wear every day. They are the first picked out of the wash, at least in my house. They, they are. are the, f- the So the first in the laundry rotation. Yes. Then you wear all of your Bombus items and then you are sad until the next laundry rotation. It's a true thing. I literally save... I have two saved pairs of socks right now that I just, I almost put them on today. I was like, no, 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 save them. No, yeah. no, no, save them. The easy answer to that is only wear Bombas. And then every day of your rotation is good. I'm trying to get there. I I'm am almost too. there. We have been having heat waves here up until last week of over 100 degrees. So now that it's finally below 90, I'm like, hand me all the mugs of soup 
and everything oh. that's cozy. Nice. I want to snuggle in this 88 degree weather. But since <laughs> I live in Southern California, I might just have to just switch my Bombas no-show hashtag free the ankles socks that I normally wear mm -hmm. to the ones that go slightly above the ankle in case my ankles catch a bit of breeze when Those I'm out for my daily good wash. still good, too. Mm-hmm. But since it's fall, I will definitely be wearing my Bombas gripper slippers around the house. Yes. Love those. The and best. I'll continue to wear, of course, all year round, my breathable underwear and my soft, tagless, super cozy t-shirts. I might buy a long sleeve t-shirt for wintertime. Ooh, nice. And it probably gets so hot that I have to roll up the sleeves, but it'll still look really cute. Yes, Bombas is the bomb all year long. Plus, for every item you buy, they donate an item to people in need. Go to bombas.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash date dateline and use code date dateline at checkout. Bombas.com slash date dateline. Code date dateline. Bombas, 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 bombas. For all year round. Exactly. I love Bombas. I love Thank Bombas. Thank you, Bombas. So Mank says he must be the only cop in America that's never seen Dateline. And that was a really good line. But I almost wish they had cut to Mank and he looks at the camera like Jim from The Office. Oh, yeah. You would hear the brother saying, he said, I've never heard of that. And then cut to Mank. And then he looks to the side and he looks at a camera. It just gives a look, like a long look. Wouldn't that be funny? It would have been funny. And I'm wondering if they did a take like that and he watched it and he's like, it's too much. It's too much. It's too we much. We are talking it's about a not, murder. Yeah, I have this to be is more not serious. the office. This right. is Dateline. I've got yeah. to keep it together. But yes, I would have enjoyed it immensely. But I can see why if he did it, it was cut. Yeah. So Mama but it's on the bingo, right? That's a bingo. What? Dateline refers to Dateline. Oh, Dateline refers to Dateline is on the bingo. Yeah. Yes, you're right. So... The family wants to get this push. The cops are saying no. So Mama Avis Winters calls all the agencies. They all say, no, it's closed. It was a suicide. So the Winters family decides to gather around a giant conference table with accordion folders filled with paper, and they are ready to start the fight. This is what happens when you own 100 franchises. Yes. We could have a conference room like that. Right. All I have is a tiny coffee table, and it's filled with... I've seen your coffee table. Chunk. I've never seen it clear. It's so, never been clear. We could... I could not even have a meal at it. So they are ready to start the fight. And Brother Chris says, if we start this, we have to finish it. Much like the rules of Thunderdome and my own personal rules for eating at Cold Stone Creamery. <laughs> they reach out to... Glad you like that one. They yeah, I've never out. mentioned Cold Stone. It just surprised me. And I, Cold Stone is delicious, and Cold Stone makes me sad when I go buy it because I can't have ice cream, and I get very sad because I used to love a Cold Stone. When I'd get a go on my break from working at the clothing store, I would go to Cold Stone every day for lunch, and people would be like, you're getting Cold Stone again? And I'm like, this counts as lunch. I remember when you worked Stone. That was the only time I'd ever been to a Cold Stone. When I worked at, when I worked in Sherman Oaks, right? But, yeah. Yes. But earlier in this week, I did order Cold Stone on Uber Eats. And I got like did it make a it? bunch of things. It was fine. It wasn't melty. And I have now had it for four nights in a row. So it was the best $20 ever. 
Oh my God, that's the best. You got a yeah. huge one, right? So you could parse it out. I got two different ones. Oh, good girl. See, yeah. that's how you do it. If you're going to go to the level to order it to be delivered, you, you got to go big or go save. home. Yeah. Yeah, I'm impressed. So the family reaches out to Jim Perry, a former FBI supervisor who runs his own private investigation firm. Mm -hmm. And he starts looking into it. And right away, he thinks, I bet Brent had a girlfriend. And I was trying to say Mank and also Dateline at the same Mm -hmm. time. And it came out like Dank. Dank. Yeah, Dank tells us that he was living a second life, but it wasn't a girlfriend. And at that moment, I thought boyfriend... And Katie thought drugs. drugs. I didn't. Even, one of I us knew. was right. Yeah, and one of us was right. We have to wait to find out. Yeah. So Susan's dad, Danny, calls Brent a son of a bee. At this point, it turns out had never liked Brent, mm-hmm. and the parents had always thought he was arrogant and he loved to needle, which is I never hear that expression. <laughs> Very often, but I always think of needling. What is as up a with you? Thing because I mean I've heard it, but oh, like okay. I love needling. Oh I, no, your needling is different. My you, needling is it's amazing. a hobby. Yeah, this it's kind my, of needling. it's my Etsy shop that is closed right now. So don't promote stitches. Please, be crazy with a K. Please don't buy anything. It's please closed. don't buy anything because we're on hiatus. But but needling is the needling worst. is this needling I don't like. This is ornery. And, yes, not embroidery. Ornery. <laughs> He was like, if it was light out, he would say it was dark, kind of just to start a fight, Boo. which is that's annoying. Boo. And so they wanted to spend no time with him. He threw a memorial in Nevada, they threw one in Oklahoma City, a totally separate one. More than 300 people came and they had a slideshow of Susan's photos set to Suspicious Minds by Elvis. And if you're thinking, was that shade? Yes, yes, it was totally shade because we find out later that her ringtone for Brent when he would call was Suspicious Minds. So she knew something was up with Brent. She's also a huge Elvis fan. Huge Elvis fan, but the fact that she picked that song, that song. for Brent I know. and she knew something was going on with him, I think it's very, she was onto him. I also feel like that might be one of the best Elvis songs. It is a great song, but to have it for when your husband calls... Yeah. It's not good. And then to have photos of her with him on the slideshow with that song. I feel like they were all making a point. Yeah. I feel so, like that's not great. I can't think of any other. Oh, no. I love the way you lie would also be really bad to have as your ringtone when your husband called. There's a few yeah. songs that would just. But that's one of them. Yeah. So Brent shows up to the memorial in Oklahoma City. Awkward. Why? Why did he do that? Did he bring the girls? That was nice. I feel like he did it to be a D and to be like, it's not bothering me that you think I did it. Like, uh, it feels like, again, protesting a too power much. move. Yes. You think I murdered her. And it's like, well, I'm going to show up. I didn't kill her. I have no reason not to show up. It's my wife's memorial. Mm-hmm. That's he's just going to show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they want to talk about me, see if they'll talk about me right in front of my face. I don't think so. They're going to mm-hmm. keep it polite. Of course they are. Yeah. And they did keep it polite because they knew that in the background, they are having this PI and his team spy on Brent. Oh, there we go. So let's go. We see Mank in a car with PI Kent Stout. And he is driving around, and which I would love to see Mank on an actual stakeout. It's, it's always after the fact. It's yeah. a ride along. Yeah. Also, is that on our bingo cards? Host in car or driving? Host doing a, car? a ride along? Host ride along. 
host ride along, but also could I combine it with driving themselves? Yeah, to make it easier. Yes. So Meg is saying, I bet ride-alongs are like car surveillance. It sounds really exciting, but I bet it's not. And he's like, yeah, it's really boring. And all I could think of was the scene in Naked Gun where they're doing the stakeout and they're eating like pistachios or something and throwing the shells out the window. And then to see how much time has passed when they open the door, the pistachio shells are piled to the top of the door. And they (laughs) have to like crawl out of the car. I used to watch that movie a lot when I was a kid. I don't know if it holds up well. So no. Kent was tailing Brent, and Kent is not only filming Brent to watch his movements and conveying them to his team, but Kent himself is being filmed by a production team for a documentary about the case. It's full on inception. Is that what's happening? Yeah. I could not figure it out. Okay, I missed that line. You missed that line. But what's hilarious is that Dateline never expands on what the documentary is, does not give them a shout out, does not meet with the director. They're like, hey, we're the only documentary you need to know about. Okay, folks. Maybe they couldn't. Maybe it's not finished yet, but they could still say it's an upcoming documentary. I'm looking it up. Is it coming? A Deadly Dose Season 1. Season one or ID prime video. Oh, a deadly dose season one. It's currently unavailable to watch in my area. I don't know what that means. Where is it from? It says ID network. Oh, Oh, it's ID. It's their competitor. No, Dateline loves ID. Dateline airs on ID. I'm just giving the facts. So I I do want to know like more about that. Like why do they normally they would have the director come on and do like a, a whole thing. So Kent watches Brent do like normal things, taking in the trash, nothing that exciting. They don't see any unidentified women, which was the funniest thing Mink said. It's like unidentified flying women. Yeah. Right. <laughs> UFWs. But he would go to the Orleans Hotel. And Casino, which is off of the Vegas Strip. They make it seem pretty lower tier hotel. It's not. And it's not? No. Well, apparently there is a corridor that is considered a sex worker corridor. Yeah, that I have. I've stayed at the Orleans. (laughs) And then Mank goes, he pauses for a second and he goes, oh, like he's just not... What? He just wasn't expecting that. Also, what's a corridor? Does she mean like a hallway or an outside corridor or like an alleyway? What does she mean by corridor of sex workers? Is it indoor or outdoors? I My thought was indoor. My thought was a hallway. Like the hallway of the 13th floor is just is filled with go. sex workers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I can, and you just I knock on it. any door. Right. Room 130 through 13. Right. 13 is the brothel level. That's the, maybe, I don't know. But yeah, it did seem, when I first pictured it, I thought indoor. Yeah. I was confused because I was picturing outdoor, but corridor to me means indoor. Indoor. So. Alley yeah. means outdoor. Yeah. So, but may, I think that's maybe why Mank paused for a sec and then was like, oh, okay. Maybe. So. Lindsay, this one of the other private eyes on the team, she would watch him go in and come out six minutes later. And she says, I mean, that's not enough time for him to visit with a girlfriend. And I thought, well, we don't know that for sure. We don't know how much stamina he has is what I'm trying to say. So Mm. it's also really not enough time to gamble. Or do something else in the casino. And he would do it regularly. He would do it multiple times a week, sometimes every other day, sometimes two times a day. 
he would Drugs. go into that <laughs> hotel. So they keep Drugs. watching him for months. And occasionally they see the person he's meeting with, which is this guy that they don't know. Six so, minutes? Six minutes. The time? Yeah, six mm-hmm. minutes. Meanwhile, the family, they're meeting at their giant conference table. They're going over Susan's financial records, police reports, but they can't get everything that they need unless they have a lawyer who can do subpoenas. Enter Tony Scro. And Tony is a renaissance man. He looks maybe like Las Vegas Mafia, but he owns a restaurant. He plays guitar in a band that sings rock songs in Italian. And he is a defense attorney. And he's awesome. And so he and his team of 10 people are working on the case with the Winters family. And they are paying for all of this. That is that sweet, sweet Sonic money. Mm -hmm. So... Lindsay follows Brent and the mystery man into the elevator and she follows them onto the floor, maybe 13. We don't know what floor it was. And they get the name, the name for the room that they go into. And the name is Jeff Crosby. And so they figure out that's this 21st floor, 21st floor. He's a Mm -hmm. cocaine dealer. So he's been seeing a cocaine dealer multiple times a week, sometimes multiple times a day. I was right. Katie was right. They would go into Brent's car and bend down, and then they would sit up and rubbing their noses. So it's pretty clear. But that doesn't mean he's a murderer. No, but it's an incredibly serious habit that you're going multiple times a day, which means you're running out multiple times. Yeah, just get enough for the week. It's like going to the grocery store multiple times a day. I think Coke, Coke is one of those drugs that like, if you have it, you do it. And so I think it's a very expensive habit. And then also you can't, like, even if he was to buy a mountain of it, he would just do a mountain. I gotcha. And then you're done. I just don't know how he's doing anything else. Like me with chips. Most people with chips. Humans with chips. Yeah. So how is he affording this? The family finds a check for $180,000 from an account that only Susan has access to. A couple days after she died, Brent deposited a check in that check into their joint account, Hmm. essentially using a check to transfer the money from her private account to his account. But the check is one that she wrote, apparently. But the family thinks the check looks super sus. Yeah, why would you need to deposit that after she's gone? Right. Also, it looks forged. Wait a minute. I have a quick question about the 21st floor again. Does he, does Crosby live on the 21st floor? Great question. I, can we get, a do- does the documentary dive more into Jeff Crosby? And does he live at the Orleans on the 21st floor? Was he featured in the Tiger King documentary? Because that also makes me feel like, wasn't one of the guys in Vegas with the Tigers? Uh, he the, wasn't living the at the Orleans though. And the cocaine? Yeah, no, you're right. So Susan also had a $1 million life insurance policy, and Brent called to collect on that the first day that he could after she died in the first hour that they were open. Wow. You got to admire that sort of- What? I don't know. Fortitude? It would be good at a job. That sort he of He has hustle. a job. He's but a But I don't feel like he's very good at his job, and I also don't feel like he sees a lot of patients because he is- tw- Twice daily, sometimes thrice daily, at the Orleans getting Coke. How does he have time for patience? Also, is he getting up every 15 minutes to go to the bathroom? Go to he the has bathroom to excuse himself? Does he, just, does he just have a 
month urinary tract infection? Is that his excuse? Like, oh, I got to pee again. Oh, I got to go again. What's his excuse for getting up that often? And the patients don't notice Worst that he's like sniffing sick. and being weird? Yeah, no, I can't with him. No. So that's two sources of income. Third source of income is the will also left him as beneficiary of Susan's shares in the family restaurant business. No. And mom and pop winters want no part of this. No. So they buy him out for $700,000. And God. the dad, Danny, says, we didn't want to send him any more dividends that he could put up his nose. Wow. <laughs> That was Dad good. is mad. Dad is so mad. I love him. So, and good for them. I mean, I'm sad that they had to pay him any money, but they did not want to have him associated with the business at I all. I feel like they were probably like, this is a small price to pay. Yeah, to get We don't want to continually yeah. send him checks. Right. So the family decides to file a wrongful death suit against Brent, and it's not for the money purposes. It's for, we see it a lot on Dateline, it's so they can get proof. You can do more investigation that way, you can get subpoenas, and you can make the person talk in a deposition. So Smart. Tony, their lawyer, is in court for another case against his adversary, a prosecutor, Mark DiGiacomo, which is a very fun name to say. Yeah. And they are like f- adversaries but friends. And so they're on a break from the trial they're doing that has nothing to do with this one. And Tony mentions the case to Mark. And Mark says, did you get the cell records for this guy? And Tony says, no, not yet. Which I was like, Tony, why haven't you done that yet? And Mark says, get the cell records. So Tony does. Mm. And But I think Tony's learning he's a defense attorney, but he has to start thinking like a prosecutor now. And so one of his team goes over Brent's cell phone records. And shocker, it doesn't match what he said. He said he was at home all night. Turns out he was up texting and calling the drug dealer, Jeff Crosby, and then at one point drove over to the Orleans Hotel in the middle My of the night. My God. And they had also been asking for his home computer, which was the one where she had supposedly Googled how to kill yourself with antifreeze. But Tony says it was like the dog ate my homework excuse by 20. They could not get it until finally Brent's lawyers say, "Okay, you can come over and look at the computer. But before you get here, you should know that it has a virus. And Tony shows up and the hard drive is completely smashed, like with a hammer. And... That's not the same as a virus. You guys no, suck. That's you guys a, suck. The smashed is something That can't else. be ethical for Brent's lawyers. Um, I don't think the lawyers smashed it. I think I think they know who smashed it, though. I think Brent smashed it. I think but Brent I think they should have said, we have a hard drive that's unusable. Let, me, let us send you a picture real right. quick so you can see this. So in the deposition, they interview cops that were there at the scene and worked on the case. And they admit they never collected evidence. They took Brent's word for it that it was suicide. And they only spent 88 minutes on the case that day. And that includes the commute. Kimberly makes a sighing noise now. Wow. Police. And they couldn't tell that. Mm. Incompetent police. Mark it off your bingo cards. Also, 88 minutes. That's not a bad title. Okay. I'll write it down. We've had 11 minutes and we've had 12 minutes as episodes. 88 minutes. 88 minutes. Including commute. Including commute. Brent calls his daughters to be deposed as witnesses. Okay, I have a question before we get started with the daughters. Why aren't the grandparents, or maybe they were in Dateline, just didn't go into it. I'm very surprised that the Winters did not try to have the daughters removed. From the home? 
Yeah, once it came out about the heavy drug use of their dad, and he's the only parent at home right now, I'm very surprised that well, they didn't they would try have, to have the Well, they lived in a different removed. state, so it would have had to, I think, it seems like... You see what I'm saying, right? I do. I don't know how easy it is to remove parents, children from parents. I think also when they're When they've old. just lost a parent. They were older teenagers They're also point. 14 and 16, and I think you get a say when you're a certain age so yeah. it could have been like a moot point yeah. but I'm just wondering I think wondering... you're going to say it a lot of ages and I think they probably if they had they would have told the judge no we want to stay with our dad and maybe they would have made him enter like NA or something And I, but I think maybe putting the girls into the system would do more harm than good Yeah, I think is what they thought by sending mm-hmm. like an agency over there Yeah, and the girls are mad at the grandparents because they're doing this civil suit and they would have and... been even more angry if they were sending CPS exactly. over there to get the dad drug tested. Yeah. yeah. So they, the Brent calls his daughters as witnesses at the civil suit deposition. That's he, lousy. Which is sucks because the grandparents wouldn't have done that because they didn't want to put the kids through that. Of but course he not. he needs their support and their backing. Oh. And Tony has to ask them questions. And one of them's 14 at this point, Danny. She blames her grandparents for all of this because she says Susan didn't have a good relationship with them and they should have known how depressed she was and her dad had nothing to do with it. Eight, 16-year-old Allie is angry and feisty. And she says, my grandparents think my dad's a murderer, but it's totally a suicide. And she re- she says she knew how depressed her mom was and all this stuff that her mom was going through and that the grandparents didn't even know her that well and didn't have a good relationship with Susan. They are just super against the grandparents right now. And yeah, they this think is it's rough. suicide. Yeah. So they bring in Brent for a sworn deposition. Brent admits to using drugs. And he says that Susan knew and threatened to expose him. Why would he tell him that? Because that gives him another motive. He would have had his license take o- taken away as a psychologist if she told the police or if she told his parents. Like, he doesn't want his parents finding out. So that hmm. does give him another motive. It absolutely does. Yeah. Although I don't know how much time he had for patients with the drugs, as I've said before. So he said that the check he deposited, the $180,000, was for a down payment for a house for the two of them. Tony says, oh, did you have a house picked out? No. Had you gone house shopping? (laughs) No, not that I recall. So he made a deposit, transferred money for a down payment for a house that they had not picked out. They didn't have a realtor. They weren't even looking at houses. Sure. He is flailing in this deposition. He is not, not good. And he's all nervous. And Tony says, so that check, she didn't write that check, did she? And Brent says, well, she wrote it with me. And Tony says, what do you guys like trace over each other's signatures? How does that work? And Brent says, no, well, like she wrote part of it. And then I wrote parts of it. This is like, and Hamilton wrote the other 51. It's a check. It has like four lines on it. And that was too much. So you had to divide it up. Did she write the 100 and you wrote the and 80,000? Who does that? What are you talking about? And so he says, well, we did this all the time. And Tony says, can you name a specific instance where you wrote checks like that? And he says, no, I can't with any certainty. (laughs) 
It would have been so much easier to just be like, I wrote the one part of the check and she signed it. Yeah. But she knew what she was signing. Right. Instead, he makes it so much more complicated. It's like they are like in junior high and you're sitting next to your friend in class and like you write a note to your other friend, but you each write one letter. It would be like H and then she'd write I and then you'd be like S and she wrote A. I don't know if anybody's ever done that. Did you do that? I don't think I've ever done that. I've never done that. But it seems like something teenagers would do. Should we try to do that? And it would kind of look like a ransom note because every letter would be kind of different. Well, if you were writing it, it would look like a ransom note. For sure. (laughs) It would look like a ransom note. And like some letters would be uppercase and some would be lowercase. Yeah. What is he talking about? I don't. I can't. It's really, he's a terrible liar. He should or have he's said, going through yes, withdrawals. I trace over hers. And it's a fun game. It's sexual for us. It's like foreplay. We trace over each other's writing. Kimberly, that would have made more sense to me. These depositions are long. Yeah. He's a drug addict. This isn't going to go well. Right. So they take a lunch break and Brent is alone in the room and you're thinking, I'm sure he did drugs while he was alone in the room. But he starts looking at the check and he puts on his glasses and looks at it more closely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they come back from break and Tony says, did you look at the check exhibit during lunch break? And Brent says, no. And Tony says, you understand there are cameras in here. And Tony says, oh, yeah. And he says, so now that you understand that there are cameras here, did you look at the check? And Brent starts laughing and says, yeah, I may have. What's wrong with you, man? Drugs. And Tony says, is this funny to you? Susan is dead. Do you think this is funny? He doesn't care. Brent says, no, I do not. And Pretty Plus More on Twitter pointed out many times, but no one will listen. She has screamed it to the corners of the earth. Killers don't use contractions. And he says, no, I do not. And instead of, no, I don't, because he's a killer. And that is her proof that he's a killer. And Mank retweeted that tweet, so I think he endorsed it as well. Interesting. Yeah. So Brent says the suicide surprised him because they had been making plans for the future. They had sex the day before. And she said... It's nice to have a trifecta. And Tony says, what are you? Katie took off her headphones. Katie's upset. And Tony said, what are you talking about? Even though he doesn't want to know the answer. And I think after he got the answer, he was immediately sad that he asked for the answer. And Brent explains, well, the trifecta was in reference to having three orgasms. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that and say that my trifecta is my pros hair care, shampoo, mask, shampoo and conditioner. It's the only trifecta that matters. It's the only really, really good trifecta in the world. That I want to hear about. Unless maybe you're talking about Tribeca, (laughs) which is different than a trifecta. But yeah, Prose does have some pretty awesome trifectas and so many options. That's what I love about Prose. Every time I go on Prose, I see something new. They have a new Mm. leave-in conditioner that I really, really want. Mm. Most of you have probably heard us sing the praises of Prose, the world's most personalized hair care. And for those that haven't, I want to tell you about the incredible results that I'm seeing since I started using my customized Pros products years ago. 
They have changed multiple times because I have been through multiple moves and Pros has been with me every step of the way. Since I started using Pros, I have noticed significant improvements in my hair. It's shinier, it's smoother, it doesn't look as damaged as it actually is, which makes me think that Pros is making my hair healthier. Mm-hmm. I use shampoo conditioner. I use a pre-shampoo sometimes mm. that acts almost as a reverse leave-in conditioner. It's awesome. I use it a couple of times a week. And I use a hair oil, which helps keep my hair really soft and shiny between washes. I also love the fragrances that Pros chooses for their customized formulas. My latest batch, I have started using the Pearl Scent, which is a musk, gardenia, and sandalwood, which is so, so good. And if any of those words sound amazing to you, because I know when I hear sandalwood or gardenia, I'm sold. That's it. Hmm. It smells just as good as it sounds. I would choose something else. And that's why options are great. And they have a bunch of options. They actually have a limited edition option right now that's kind of a melony flavor that, or oh, a melon scent that I'm very I d- curious about. I love about. citrusy. Yeah, yeah, that's what they have right now. But Pros knows that there's more to you than just your hair type or smell. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started and Kimberly got started. Mm-hmm. They ask you a bunch of questions to figure out what your real hair type is, where you live, your eating habits the damage level of your hair, and you should be honest, even if you don't want to be. It's like when the doctor asks if you've been taking your vitamins, you're only hurting yourself by lying. Yeah. I mean, if you're like me and your damage level is 10 out of 10, you need to be honest about that. They also ask you if you're exercise. So like your doctor, you have to be honest and say yes or no, because by analyzing over 85 of these personal factors, Pros is able to determine a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. And they also have a review and refined feature that lets you tweak your formulas for any reason. Like, for example, I've had three different addresses in the last three years. So it refined every time I moved. Also, I was able to choose a new scent. Mm -hmm. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral, which we here at A Date With Dateline fully support. So if you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair care regimen with your name all over it. So take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today go to pros.com slash date dateline that's p-r-o-s-e dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15 percent off it's fall time to strike a pros 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 thank you pros thank you pros and now a word from our sponsor better help Does your brain ever feel overwhelming and it spirals like at 3 a.m. and you can't sleep because you just remembered that three years ago you called a girl named Lauren, L-O-R-E-N, Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, and you still haven't forgiven yourself? Yeah. My therapist helps me face issues like this head on, like asking me, do you think Lauren, L-O-R-E-N, even remembers that you called her L-A-U-R-E-N? Is there even an actual difference in the way those names sound? Can you perhaps maybe let this one go? Yeah. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. And it's even harder when your brain creates problems where there aren't any. See oh boy. the Lauren example above. Yeah. 
A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier for you to accomplish your goals, big or small. At least for me, when you have anxiety, small goals like doing a podcast that you've been doing for five years can feel like a big goal. And you're like, I've been doing this for five years. Why do I have troubles over this? That's not normal. My therapist helps me face these issues head on and think about them logically. And suddenly I feel so much less stressed. And what you have from that is a better podcaster and a better me. Thank you, therapy. BetterHelp is so easy. You get a brief survey and you get matched with a therapist. If you don't like them for any reason, you can switch at any time. And it's all online. It's accessible. It's affordable. If you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can help you get there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Dateline today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Dateline. Because we could all use a little better. Help. Better help. Help. <laughs> Thank you, Better Help. Thank you, Better Help. So, Tony, the lawyer, says that this trifecta comment, remember that one that you've zoned out from about five minutes ago? But we're going to talk about it again. I he didn't says, zone out. I purposefully took my headphones off because I knew what you were <laughs> about to talk about and I didn't want to hear it again because I found it gross. He says that this was what convinced all the women in his office that. Brent was definitely guilty of her murder. And, and all the women on this podcast. <laughs> he says it's because they all thought it was very cold and callous of him to be mentioning bragging about all these orgasms he gave her. But in my opinion, it's because he's lying because he's never given a woman an orgasm. And that is what my point of view is, not Tony's, I should clarify. That was also my thought. I was like, it's not because it's not just because it's offensive because it is offensive. It's in- incredibly poor taste. He's also lying. Yeah. (laughs) There's no reason to do that. He just lied about not looking at the check. Yeah. And so now there's this. Sure. Sure, buddy. Also, I think he knows that her parents are watching the deposition live streaming from another room. So maybe I think he gets some gross pleasure. Like it's some really creepy. That's creepy. Yeah. So Brent's lawyer seems to know that he's doing a bad job and he keeps insisting on breaks and pulling Brent out. And eventually Brent just leaves and is done with the deposition. And Tony thinks it's because his lawyer knew what a bad impression he was making. So Tony tries to convince his prosecutor friend, the one from before, Mark, to go after Brent. And he agrees to look into it, but he's not even sure there was even a crime because it still says suicide. So he decides to look at it from the beginning. They get a search warrant for Brent's actual phone, and there's a recording of them fighting on it because apparently he would Uh. record their fights. And on this recording, she's saying, I don't want some I don't want to go into my 50s with someone who hates me as much as you do. And he says, I love you. And she says, well, you have a really messed up way of showing it. I want a divorce. I don't want anything to do with you. And she also had sent friends messages about his coke habit. They got that from her phone. Mm. And just days before her death, her friend said she was talking about maybe starting to date other men. And the check. Brent has a friend that comes forward to the police and says, he told me he took that money because he knew her parents would accuse him of murder. So he wanted to get that money right before that whole, like as she was right before she died, but right after she died, that money was going to go through. And he knew it was because he was going to be look guilty right away. But how did he know she was going to die? Because he planned it. 
How else Man. would he know that she was going to overdose yeah, or drink antifreeze? Yeah. Yeah. So at nine o'clock the night before she died, he called the bank's automated automated system to make sure the balance in that bank account was enough so that the check would clear. Because wow. he knew she was going to die that night. And the prosecutor says he's seen people who have tried to kill themselves before become the victims of a homicide because it is the perfect cover. They've tried to do it before. So hmm. I don't just that's a warning to everybody out there. I don't know. That's hard. That's a hard. It's horrible. Aww. And we've seen yeah, it on Dateline really many times before. Yeah. So the motive was money. Mark is totally convinced now. He's the other lawyer, and he's ready to file charges, but the cause of death is still listed as suicide. This is DiGiacomo? DiGiacomo. I love Mm -hmm. DiGiacomo. He goes to another toxicologist for their opinion, and she sees that Susan's body hadn't metabolized the antifreeze. Oh, boy. Here we go. when you take antifreeze, it takes a few days for the body to turn it into crystals, and the crystals are what they can detect in the blood, and it's what actually kills you. We've seen this before. We've heard about the crystals. Yes. But it takes days. And so... That's one issue. The second issue is the oxycodone. There wasn't a prescription for it, and there were no empty bottles of it at the scene. So also very suspicious. So you just had a random bag of... And also, what was the level of oxycodone in her system? Right. It was a lot. Had she taken just hundreds of milligrams? Like, what, what was it? So the prosecutor wants to see those web pages about when she looked up how to kill yourself with antifreeze that night. Yeah. yeah. But that computer is damaged. However, thank God one of the cops when he went to the scene took pictures with his phone of the website that was there on the go. computer screen before the computer was suspiciously damaged. So they can see the websites that she went to. So they contact the websites and say, you're able to see when IP addresses search you and go to your website. So can you tell us what IP address, if IP address from Brent and Susan's went to your website at what time? Usually they would be able to get that from the computer, but the computer is damaged. Right. So the websites all come back with the info that he was searching or sorry, someone was searching how to kill yourself with antifreeze around midnight. Brent's story had always been she was passed out by, by midnight. midnight. Yeah, And the daughters say the same thing. And their cell phone records back up that they were awake and then went to bed shortly after. And they all say that Susan was totally passed out by then. So the only person awake in the house was Brent to have done those searches. But the problem I see with that is that's not a slam dunk for any prosecution because you can easily say, I mean, a good defense attorney can say that was searched by him because he was trying to see, is this going to kill her instantaneously? Do I need to call now? I don't know how much she's had. Does antifreeze kill you within three hours? If he suspected she drunk antifreeze, was he going to try to see if she had or see if she would wake up? Like, do you know what I'm saying? You could use that and be like... Except that... He told the police the day she died, I found these searches that she did and I confronted her about it and she wouldn't talk about it. So he was lying from the get-go if that was the case. Very good. All right. See? So he gives – so this is their theory. He gives her the antifreeze. Then he Googles. He should have done this in opposite order. You always do your research first, people. Yeah. 
So he gives her the antifreeze. He then Googles to see how long it's going to take her to die. He obviously does not watch Dateline and doesn't know that antifreeze is something that slowly kills you over a period of days or weeks. He thought he needs her dead right now. And he can't just, he has to have it done now. So Why? I don't, Oh, cocaine. I think because she was, the drugs, cocaine. she was going to leave him. She was going to tell him the drugs, all the drugs, the money, whatever, the drugs. And she wanted to leave him. So- he moves on to plan B, which is you need something in addition to the antifreeze. So he texts the drug dealer 15 times that night, goes over to the hotel and meets him at 3.15 a.m., even though he told the police he had been home all night. He got the oxy from him. He forces her to ingest it. Then a few hours later, he sees that she's unconscious. He calls 911. But he should have waited a couple hours. He really messed up this entire thing because they're able to revive her. And then when she's at the hospital, he decides to make the medical decision to take her off life support. My God. He's scared that she'll wake up and say, he made me take pills. He made he he made me sick. So this is the most horrific part, in my opinion. This is so sad. She did not deserve this because if the parents had just been able to fly in, remember, they like booked mm-hmm. the private jet. They were ready to come. He said, don't come. Don't come. And then. They would have been able to say, no, don't take her off life support. But he I did, don't like, think that he, would have mattered because he probably has the last decision on that in the will legally. But they would have caused a scene at the hospital for sure. Because they have, tricky. they have millions of dollars at their disposal. They That's would right. have said, keep they would have her alive, do lawyer. tests. Let's keep going. I bet there are things that you can do. She's still here they would have said we're going to sue for medical malpractice wait till all our lawyer gets here they would have stalled Mm -hmm. they would have figured out a way to stall that Mm -hmm. and he just instead and the sad thing is what if she had woken up Mm -hmm. he deprived his daughters of a mom Mm -hmm. this is brutal well that's what everybody does on dateline but yeah it's harder it's somehow harder when it doesn't work at first and then he does he has to do something a second time he has to, to keep trying it. like yeah. a third time and then he has to take her off life yeah. support like it's all these things it's like antifreeze isn't gonna work mm-hmm. and he get oxycodone gonna do mm-hmm. that like oh yeah so the new pathologist who fully believes that it was homicide she basically has to call the medical examiners and train them over the phone in toxicology. And she's very nice. She says it's not their fault. They're not trained in toxicology. Right. Like like I'm not trained as an actual medical examiner. Like I can, you know, so like we both have to combine We're our not criminologists. We yes. go off of what we see and what right. we know of people, but we're no, we're not trained. Right. In, right. So they have to combine their knowledge and they agree with her and they change it from suicide to undetermined. So now they can fully go ahead and charge him. They arrest Brent. The family spent two years and whatever it took. And I don't know how much money it took. I'm guessing at least a couple million. Um, a lot. A lot. Mank points out very astutely that if they had not had those resources, this would not have happened and this case would have been closed. And we see that happen 
all the time. So I did want to give a shout out. I spoke to Laura, our friend from the fall line, just to make sure I got the name right. There was this group of private investigators that worked pro bono for families that could not afford it to do PI work for them. And they've been working for the Millbrook twins, which is the case the fall line did like a whole season Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. and they're called private investigations for the missing i think we made a donation to them at Mm -hmm. one point they're great and so they'll if a family needs pro bono private investigation work they will do it and so i think that's that's fantastic so brent's defense attorney says the people that lived with her say she was highly suicidal her daughters say she was highly suicidal and there's no real concrete evidence that he did it So how are they going to win this case? The family is waiting for the trial. All these delays are happening. And Susan's dad, Danny, is scared that it won't happen while he's still alive. Seven years go by since the death for with all these delays, COVID delays and just lawyer, all that trials. They take forever. Finally, the prosecutor gets a call from Brent's attorney saying he would be interested in making a deal. And he had thought he would never make a deal because he doesn't want to lose his license. He doesn't want to lose his daughters. He, you know, is not going to do it. But now he's interested in an Alford plea, which we all know is when you say, I didn't do it. I'm not admitting I did it. But I agree that they have enough evidence against me that I could possibly be guilty. That I could get convicted. Yeah. Yeah. So the family agrees to it, but they feel very angry about it because he doesn't have to admit anything. He doesn't have to admit they did it, that he did it. But the prosecutor doesn't really want to put them through a trial. And it's not necessarily even that they're sure they'll win because, again, there's no like physical evidence that he did it. So they don't want to take the risk. So because he takes the Alfred plea, he gets three to 10 years in prison and The dad, Danny, says after everything he did to her, prison is too good for him. I hope he goes to hell. If you need to cut that out, then cut it out. He says to Mank, like, if you need to cut, like, that was too harsh because he said H-E double hockey sticks. And Mank says, actually, I'm pretty sure we're going to use that and because he knows that's so good. And then the dad just says, okay. That was an amazing moment. It you was could tell like how much such a good moment. Josh liked him. Yeah, was like, no, I get it, Dad. Yeah, and we're totally going to use that. That was of amazing. course you feel that way. Yeah. Of course you do because I can't get justice on this earth. I hope I get it after. And how pure is the dad for thinking that it might need to be edited out? Not looking like, at the camera again. No, and not he's kind of he's like, if you have to edit that down, out, edit that like, out. I, I get it. If you got to cut that, you got to cut it. But he's yeah. just being honest with Josh. Yeah. And Josh is like, <laughs> no, we're going to use it. It's so good. So Susan's parents, unfortunately, never get to see the granddaughters anymore. Ugh. And they won't talk to her. And the mom, Ava, says we love them and we would love to rebuild the relationship. But time is running short for us. Because they're oh, both, they're getting older. That's it's rough. brutal. And Mank says, what would you say to them? And she just says, we love you. Brent and the daughters don't appear on Dateline, which, again, is their right. But that means we're definitely only getting that one side of the story. We are. And Dateline is, and Josh is telling the story completely as though Brent is 100% guilty. Yeah. Is there any chance that he's not? In my opinion, no. 
Okay. Because there are so many circumstantial things. There's so many lies. And I know you could say, well, he's a drug addict. Of course, he's going to lie about his behavior that night. Right. And of course, he's going to file for the life insurance the morning of and things like that. But there's just a lot of things that don't add up. The timing of the search on the computer. The fact. Yeah. The oxycodone. I think that you're. I mean, your best bet is to get Crosby that's what I or Cosby Crosby I don't mm-hmm. understand why they wouldn't get Crosby him. drugs and Nash yeah Crosby drugs and Nash why they wouldn't get him to talk because like threaten him with jail time for right. being a drug dealer right and say okay tell us what did he buy that night what did he buy on this night has he ever bought oxycodone what they can't ever connect her with getting oxy and right. Can they connect him to it? Why can they not grab? Well, Crosby? drug dealers don't give receipts, so he'll probably no, so not Crosby know. The might exact... not might claim he doesn't know. Doesn't, he doesn't know. Remember. He doesn't remember. Say it was probably coke because it was usually coke. You know, he's not, and I'm sure it wasn't the only time that Brent went there in the middle of the night. I'm sure it's not. So, but you can't put the oxy in her hands. Unless you're saying he went to get oxy because he would decide to suddenly switch from cocaine to oxy one night and she woke up and took it while he was asleep i don't know i don't think there's any way it's such a small percentage to me it's that he such do it, it really is it's no yeah. it's not reasonable doubt to me i would find him guilty i don't know i think that i unfortunately i see why they did the plea yeah a good defense attorney would be able to prove reasonable doubt mm-hmm. and he probably had a very good defense attorney i don't know yeah I don't know if he got that money from the life insurance or if they were able to freeze that. Usually they are so that he can't spend it on his defense. Well, he definitely got the 700000 from... That's true. Yeah, that's true. But if he's still doing drugs, that doesn't last very long, right? No, it does not. I would guess. I mean, I know... I mean, isn't like cocaine the most expensive it's drug? Very, yeah, I think so. It's very expensive. And you're doing that much where you're going multiple times a day. They said that the bank statements right his bank oh statements. they said that show that he's t- he was taking out money at the atms regularly at the and all of the money he was yeah. taking out at the atm at the orleans orleans was more than his paycheck so he's overdue on mo- and that's all of his money that doesn't go for the house mortgage the food cl- anything he was spending more than his salary on cocaine and now i'm guessing his career is ruined yeah because of all the stuff that came out with the drugs and he's suspicious of murder now that he's been imprisoned no I one's gonna hire him as a therapist yeah. yeah yeah but he still has the daughters supporting him and i don't want to criticize them they're underage and yeah. there's just no way that if you had one parent who's telling you yeah mm-hmm. i don't know i'm sure they're doing 100 percent what they think is right yeah so this must be incredibly hard yeah for them. I feel really bad. Yeah. On a lighter note, we have a promo to share with you with our friends. There are new friends. I hope they'll be our friends. I oh. think we've had good DMs. Florida men on Florida man. And we want to say we send our best wishes to Florida. As always, the people in Florida, you guys do, do some crazy, but you make up a lot of Dateline episodes. And we have friends there. Melissa, we love you. We do. We do have friends there, and we know they're going through some stuff right now. So our hearts go out to everyone who's struggling there right now. 
Maybe this episode will make you feel better. Maybe it'll make you laugh a little. I don't know. Florida Men on Florida Man is such a funny podcast. They go deep dives into the history of the crazy, wacky stuff that happens in Florida and like current news stories. It's so funny. I was listening the other day when I was walking. I was laughing so hard. What are people doing? This person got locked inside a Little Caesars restaurant and tried to escape through the hatch, like the air ducts, because they somehow got locked in. I don't, I think they were high and they were trying to, but the door was open, but then it automatically closed and they got locked. They didn't work there. They got locked in in the middle of the night in a Little Caesars. And there was probably an alligator because there's usually an alligator. So they're super funny. They also have an episode that also airs in Spanish. So they have. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. We should do that. So thank you guys. Listen to the promo. You're going to love it. If you like comedy, small town mysteries and storytelling, then the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast is just what you need. We don't only cover the insane headlines, we dive right into the history and legends that make Florida the wildest place on the planet. New episodes of the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast air every Wednesday in English and Spanish, and you can listen wherever you stream podcasts. All right, check it out, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Flor- F-M-O-F-M. I think that's how they abbreviate it. Florida men on Florida man. Got it. Yeah. FOMO. FO. FOMOFMA. Nope. FOMOFMA. FOMOFMA. Yeah. I like it. Sounds like a modern art museum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this episode is dedicated to our Patreons, Ashley H. from Minnesota. Oh, boy. And Bars. Timothy G. from Kentucky. From Kentucky. So if we just did dueling banjos of accents here, what chaos would that be? Chaos. If I was like, can I bring you some bars? And how's the weather there? And do you know my cousin Joni? She lives in Minnetonka. And I said, well, I just went down to the Piggly Wiggly and I got myself <laughs> three, three or we four. We don't have a Piggly Wiggly here, but we have this supermarket and they sell bars. They do, have aisles and aisles of bars. Do they and have that new dish. alcoholic You want to bring a casserole. The alcohol if, Mountain Dew that they serve here, delicious. They taste like regular Mountain Dews. She had a bunion that was so bad that I gave her a hot dish and it made her walk again. You switched accents. What am I doing now? Kentucky. (laughs) It's okay. You tried real hard. Ashley and Timothy, (laughs) that was for you, kids. Thank you so much, Ashley and Timothy. Thank you. We appreciate you. you. We couldn't do the podcast without our patrons. Bless your heart, but in the real way. Bless your heart. Not in the bad way when people say that. In the real way. In In the the real way. way. Bless your heart. Um, We like you both. B-roll Bonanza. B-roll Bonanza. Oh, B-roll Bonanza, eh? What is the cell phone handoff that we got at the beginning? This shady cell phone handoff? Did you see it? It was like two cars passing each other and somebody was handing each other a phone out of the car. Okay, so at one point we saw one the PI, main PI guy, on his job. And it went, so he pulls up and another mm-hmm. car pulls up in the opposite direction next to yes, each other. Yes, Is that what, what you're talking about? about? Yeah, in, and they hand like off an a cell empty phone. parking lot. Yes. Okay, I didn't see the cell phone part. So I think he, they were just demonstrating what PIs do. Okay, so I only caught it at the beginning before I knew what was happening. And then I never saw it again. And I yeah. was like, who 
is that it's good Crosby and I didn't know who that was. Maybe the cell phone symbolizes the drugs between Brent and, and Crosby, Crosby. Stills and drugs. Couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out, but I really liked that B-roll. Just didn't know yeah. what was going on. Yeah, I like all the Vegas B-roll too. Yeah, always. We had always. water tower footage. Mark it off your bingo cards. We have Sonic B-roll. We got to see a tiny lots bit of, of Sonic. Sonic. Yeah. Yeah, lots of Sonic. We get a lot with the Winters. Their house is incredibly interesting. It's got lots of stuff in it that I really wanted to zoom in on because I couldn't. They have lots of antique stuff. Yeah. I just want to know what's in their tiny I don't know. Cabinets. I think it's, I don't know if that's their house or if that's their family business office. That's filled with artifacts? Maybe. Okay. I just have, do they, I feel like they might be antique roadshow people where they go and they Maybe. buy. Okay. Anyways, the mom is reading a Bible. We don't see that very much. Oh, I don't see that very much. The parents are also sitting at that table, which is not in the conference room. So maybe it's either at home or a table outside the conference room, but they have a little dog. Yes. The, the dad has a little dog in his Love that. A little Toto dog. Also, we see B-roll footage of the bedroom where she was found and the bedspread is animal print. Oh, yeah. It's Later, we mm-hmm. see a friend of hers who is wearing animal print. Mm-hmm. The dad is sitting in the office and the chairs are animal print. That's a trifecta, my friends, of animal print. Yeah, that's true. And also mark it off your bingo cards because animal print is on the bingo cards. We see the winters driving. This was interesting. We're getting new. In season 31, we're getting new shots of cars where we're starting at the base of the hood. Have you noticed? Going up into the car. Right. The only reason I really noticed this episode is because we get a giant Mercedes hood ornament. Yeah. In one of them with the winters driving in their white Mercedes. So what they used to do, I feel like in the car shots, they would do a shot from the passenger side exactly. at the driver. Mm-hmm. They would do a shot from the viewpoint of the speedometer looking up the nose through the steering wheel yes. of the person driving. And an uncomfortable shot. <laughs> uncomfortable shot. Then we would have the cameraman move to the back seat and do a shot into the rear view mirror. Yes. So the person's face in the rear view mirror. So now they're doing this shot that Katie's talking about and hood it's shot. a hood shot yeah. that Up goes into the car. Into the car, but so you see what kind of car and you see the symbol, whatever that thing is called, the silver emblem thing. Yeah. Hood ornament. Hood ornament. Sometimes you just drive right through that hood ornament. It was interesting. And then we also see Kate Brick- Bricolet, I think Bricolet is her last name. She was the reporter that we meet with at the Daily yeah, Beast office. Yeah, she had office. great bangs. Yeah, good bangs. The Daily Beast office seemed very fancy. Also possibly not in Las Vegas. I was like, is she in New York? Is she in Tribeca? Where is she? Yeah, <laughs> she I don't was- know. I thought she was a local reporter, but you're right. It was the Daily Beast. Maybe they have offices everywhere. Very fancy office. It yeah, very all I noticed was her sleek. bangs because bangs are hard to do and hers yeah. were great. She's also dressed very well. And then Tony Scrow, his office was just what you do. It had like, we, it had his guitars. It mm-hmm. had all sorts of stuff. It was yeah. sort of big and open. I don't know. Vegas is. But his adversary, the Mark Giacomo, right. he is in a corner office with yeah. all these windows and it's like very profesh. How did they get hooked up with Tony Scrow? He must be a friend of the P.I., the PI must have recommended him. I'm glad they did because Tony Scrow seems pretty good at his job. Oh, yeah. Tony was so good in the deposition. And maybe this is like the break that Tony needed. 
I think there's well, a no, lot Tony of lawyers Well, no, Tony was already a very good defense attorney. And, own, and owns a restaurant. Owns a restaurant and sings a band, does a band, plays guitar in Italian. But this isn't a defense attorney work. This no. is very prosecution-y work. Yes, he, so that's why he had to retrain his brain. surprising that he was hired for this when that's not what he naturally yeah, does. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. So I guess it was, he seems like he was recommended by the PIs, the yeah. PI team. Yeah. Did you have anything else for B-roll? No, but I had Brant's unhappy being on Dateline, question mark, Sonic. I mean, it's now associated with murder in my mind forever, but that doesn't mean I won't still go there for the ice. Because, I mean, not still. It's not like I have gone there before. I just went for the first time last week. But what a coincidence that I just went for the first time last week. Very interesting. I live very close to a Sonic. The family who owns the Sonics are great. So they didn't give off a bad impression at all. I didn't think that this is Brands Unhappy. Yeah, that, that's why I put question mark. This didn't take place at a Sonic. Right. No. Cocaine. Yeah. The Orleans. The Orleans mm. Hotel. Very bad. Not great. But maybe now is the time to get a great deal on Hotels.com because this episode has just aired. Hashtag not sponsored by Hotels.com. I can say this much that every time I'm like, oh, I'll check the prices there when I'm looking to stay in Vegas. And it's never cheap enough for me. Really? So and it's, it's not off that the strip. Cheap. Yeah. But it's a big hotel. I think they have bingo there. Oh. I have questions about. Let us know. If and you love sex the workers. So... Fun for the whole family. But every Vegas hotel has that. Probably. Yeah. Even Circus Circus? Okay, for sure Circus Circus. <laughs> I was going to say maybe not like the Venetian or Bellagio. <laughs> but I'm sure Bellagio at like floor four. I think they for sure have sex workers for the high rollers at the Venetian. If you Maybe spend... they're on the penthouse floor. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. could be. Penthouse three. Yeah. I don't know. Allegedly, I don't know. Don't come for me, Bellagio. I've never even stayed at your hotel. I don't. You're out of my price range by a mile. Okay. Fashion police. The dad in the red windbreaker that reminded me of Mr. Rogers' red cardigan. I don't know. I loved it. It was very sweet. The only thing I have is Brent Dennis in his high school picture is wearing a full velvet suit. <laughs> and I was like, of course she loved him. Yeah. Of course was, she did. He was the quarterback the in the velvet suit. In a velvet suit? Yes. Check. E-V-M-O-C. Yeah. M-O-C. Big velvet man on campus. Uh-huh. Yep. The sister-in-law, Julie, is wearing a blue fuzzy coat. Like, she is. I dug uh, it. Those, I I've it. been seeing those a lot more. And I thought they were not in fashion, but I actually think that, and I probably have made fun of them in the past, but they look super comfortable. They're and really now comfortable. I want everything cozy because it's 87 degrees here. Right. As I mentioned in our Bombas ad for our patrons and supercasters who get the episodes ad-free now, by the way. Shout out. I don't know if you guys knew that. Early and ad-free. A day early and ad-free. A day early and ad-free. And Mankey is wearing a brown silk hanky, and you don't normally see him in brown silk hankies. I like that chocolate mank. Yeah, it was very chocolatey. That's good. Yeah. How about titles? I had a few. Yeah. What'd you got? Oh. Someone, something about nosy. The families gets nosy because of the cocaine. Oh, that's very good. I smell trifecta and nose candy. (laughs) Instead of I smell sex and candy. Remember that song? Yes. I don't know where I was going with that. It's fine. Okay. These are my good ones. All right. He ain't nothing but a hound dog. Because that's another Elvis song. Excellent. And my best title Winters is coming, and so is justice. Gosh darn it. 
Did you get that? I have Winters is Coming. But not And So Is Justice. No, I didn't get that. I just got, because I don't feel like Justice was completely done. No, you're right. It wasn't. I just got Winters is Coming. I used to sell cross stitches on my cross stitch company, Stitches Be Crazy with a K that is on hiatus, that said winter is coming and so is your mom. I only (laughs) sold a few. It's a very niche gift to give to someone. Yeah. Winters is, okay, so you, what are yours besides winters is coming? And this is like the third time, this is the trifecta that we have had the same titles recently. I know. We're for, we're merging into one person slowly. It's I, after 20-something years? Really, no, it's just the podcast. Yeah. We've been doing this a long time, week after week. Yeah. It's bound to happen. Don't forget our the joint title, 88 Minutes Including Commute. I have Brent and Broken. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have Supersonic Coke Habit. <laughs> and then I have It's Drugs. <laughs> it's Drugs. And Drugs has a capital D. That's, <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is the episode to use that title. Yeah, it is, it's drugs. It's definitely drugs. It's no. for sure drugs. Hey, check out our merch from Edward Baskin, Batkins. Apologies, Edward. I can never get your name right. You're a genius. And also, we are donating our merch, every, our proceeds of the merch every month to a different charity. And this month, we are giving to the Red Cross because they're helping with Hurricane Ian and Fiona and the typhoon that is in Puerto Rico. And Oof. There's a hurricane in Canada, and they're helping all over. So Stay safe out there, people. Stay safe out there. And check out Private Eyes for the Missing. Yeah, Private definitely. Investigators for the Missing. Is it Eyes? No, it's Investigators. Oh, okay. People, um, is Private Eyes derogatory? Do they not Private like that? Private Eyes. What? Do you think that song ruined it, or do you think it was ruined just already? These are questions I have. I'm not sure. Does it have connotations from old times? But Why? I don't know. Like how you can't say master bedroom anymore. Well, I get that. That I get. I think there's a podcast, someone remind me of the name, where they go over idioms and things like that and what their horrible meanings are and they make you never want to say them again. Oh, really? Oh, no. Do they have- Don't say the peanut gallery. That's bad. Really? Come on. Okay, great. I'm sure I learned that from Reality Gaze, actually, a long time ago. They talked about that. Oh, no. You can't say anything anymore, but it's good. We're all becoming better people. Jogging pants? So Jogging pants are not offensive, except just the image of them is offensive to me. <laughs> just what comes into my mind is offensive, but not the actual phrase. It's the same think. as sweats. No. Sweats sounds way worse. Yeah, I know. It totally, you're right. You're I don't. sweating. Yeah, no, I, you're absolutely right. Jogging pants sounds more dignified. <laughs> I don't know. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back in 2023. Get ready. <laughs> it's the year of the jogging pants. Thank we better you. get a sponsor. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Follow us on Patreon. Follow Take us on Instagram other. and Twitter. There's some fun stuff happening. We have three live streams. We have multiple live streams coming this month. Woohoo! Three. So definitely check that out. And be your own be your own best Sonic drink. Be your own Brent, because he sucks. You don't no, need one. Don't be your own Brent. That's Nobody what I'm saying. needs a Brent. Be your own because he sucks. Get. Be your own drug. Drugs are whack. Oh, drugs. Crack don't, is whack. Don't do drugs. Yeah. This podcast ever. is your brain on drugs. And if that tells you anything, you shouldn't do drugs. This podcast is sponsored by No Drugs. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Stay fresh, cheese bags. We could put up different 
scenes of King of the Hill around in big fancy frames, but they're fun inside. Like the yeah. pictures are fun. And then like pictures of, I don't know, like Schitt's Creek, like just random assortment yeah. of really fun things, but have it be a very fancy room. Jamie, who is a friend of ours from Murderish, she posted a video of her podcast setup. She has the fanciest desk. She has like merch and signs behind her, a big poster for the show. She has like her fancy iMac and she has this mic that is so fancy. And I was like, we are not in the same vein level at all because I am on my couch right now. Sweating. You've been on your couch for four years. Five years. Five years. I've tried. Sweating. I've tried to get you out of, of that sweat couch. stains on this couch. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I know you have a lot of merch with your stuff on it. Is there no merch that just says it's drugs? <laughs> no, no, that's that's Edward. Where are you? Edward, do you hate me? Be honest. Edward has I know had... Kimberly has more catchable catchphrases and mine, I don't know, but it's drugs is definitely a catchphrase. It is. And wasn't there a podcast that was called Girl, it's an MLM? And I feel like yours would be called Girl, it's drugs. Girl, it's drugs. Yeah. It's always drugs. Is Something's it? weird, it's drugs. Yeah. By the way, we have so much new merch. We have Living It Up in Lebanon, and it looks like a Broadway poster. And on the Living top, it, it has Lebanon. quotes like a review. And it says in quotes, a triumph, Kimberly and Katie. We reviewed it, <laughs> and we called it a triumph. And it I looks feel like, like a Broadway poster. I feel like it would be more poster. appropriate if it said something like adequate. <laughs> we tried really hard <laughs> amazing also we have stay fresh cheese bags finally and it's like oh, yeah, super it's very saved by cute. the bell oh no like, it's there all, it's, all the kimberly cheese. collection is super cute i want the drugs one to be very goth and sad for all my goth people out there just make okay. it sad and like a cloud raining pills <laughs> that's what i want no that's horrible no, it's funny. It's fine. Is it not funny? It might be funny. It's funny to the right person. It's a very niche market for right. that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I did just go to Sonic for the first time, and I have to say, unimpressed. What um, did you get? Did you get a drink? I got one of those blended f- smoothie, froze, the, the, like this, what do yeah? they call it? Okay. Like a blast. No. Yeah. The that's... thing that's like ice cream with candy in it. Yeah. I feel like Dairy Queen's is much better. Oh, the Blizzard's better? Yeah. I also like McDonald's is okay. Okay. But Sonic has much more than that. You have to get six drinks when you go. I got these pretzel sticks with cheese. They were horrible. Yeah. The food is not good. the cheese was cold. It was not even heated. They didn't even heat the little cup of cheese. Here's the deal. Sonic is about drinks and the ice cream right. selection. Well, I think it's mostly about the ice. Like I would go again for the ice that everyone talks about. Yeah. It's good for the ice. So if you go for the ice, you can get mix-in flavors in your sodas, like those cool machines that have all the different, you know, the new oh, okay. bending okay. ones. Yeah, um, I would love that. I see. I need. A, I love a fountain drink. Yeah. Those specific fountain drinks, I get so excited if they're in a restaurant. I can't yeah. contain myself, but I always yeah. mess up. There's too many options, and I get the wrong thing. 90% I put in something that ruins the whole thing sometimes. I yeah, me too. I've done like. Fanta Grape Zero and Vanilla. No, nobody wants that. What are you doing with yourself? No, keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Kiss.